So we have the privilege of uh, having uh, an, um, great friends of our house, Dave and Natalie Hess, uh, preaching today. Uh, we love them. If you're new to us, they're missionaries in the Middle East, and they come home in the summer and blast us with with their anointing and their 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 faith and and a lot of evangelism, and it's very exciting. So Dave, why don't you come on up, and I will just pray for you, and we'll, we'll launch in. Lord, I thank you for our friend David. I thank you for Natalie. Thank you for all they carry and all they stir up in us. We say yes and amen to uh, to what they have to deliver to us today of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I love this whole little ramp here. This is kind of where I'm going to stay. Um, in a, but I'll, I'll be back. Actually, uh, if we could get, um, Sam, if you could get video one queued up, and then I'll tell you when to play it. So I just want to start us um, with a prophetic picture. And I actually found a video that, you know, if a, you, you, you'll forget things that we say, but you won't forget some of these video clips that you see. But um, the Lord gave me a prophetic picture about this last season that we've been in. Um, and let's face it, um, Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. He didn't say you might or you could or whatever. And it just, it just went global, you know. I mean, a lot of the church around the world has been living in the midst of tribulation. Of course, this week um, we've all become focused on the circumstances of the Afghan church that has flourished under a more or less a stable situation. The rug was pulled out with under them, and it's our Christian brothers and sisters who are most at risk in this hour in Afghanistan. And so around the world, it's very common for tribulation to be normal. You know, we just heard about, um, you know, um, some just came back from Africa and just w- was able to, to look at the situation there. And, and then you come back here. And I just want to say that um, we can all agree that there has been some tribulation. So I have a video I want to share and I want to just make a couple of comments before I hand the mic off to Natalie. Um, so if you've got the video going, um, just go ahead and, and, and play this and with sound. So the Lord gave me this picture that COVID globally has been like an avalanche. And the only way that that guy survived is because he was wearing an airbag. Without the airbag, he was done, right? And um, I've done some skiing in situations where I was, you know, I was in the French Alps and everybody in the gondola except me had an airbag on their back. It was avalanche four or five conditions. 
And I'm like, I have an avalanche beacon, but they all had airbags. So I followed them that day. I, I, they went first, you know, because they had the airbags. So anyway, um, the picture is this. And before I hand this off to, um, to my wife, is that I believe the only thing that has helped believers in this hour stay on top of the avalanche that we've been in is that at some point during the avalanche, you activated your faith. You pulled the line on the airbag and you began to believe that you were going to end up on top of this thing rather than somewhere underneath. And so what we are dealing with globally is the body of Christ has gone through an avalanche and many believers didn't have an airbag on. They had no faith to activate. And it was evidenced in that. And many, I, 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 you know, Mike said, hey, try to keep it positive. I just got to be real as well. Not only, not only were some buried, some have abandoned the faith. Some have walked away. I've lost many friends. I've lost partners. People have walked away from Jesus in this hour. They not only got buried, they died. Others are still buried, and our mandate is to dig them out. Our mandate is to help people that ended up, some people are half buried. I don't know, some in this room, you're on top of it. You, you pulled the airbag early, and your faith has been activated, and you are on top of it. And I want to tell you right now, you have a grace to dig other people out. Last night on the beach in Huntington Beach, there was this huge outreach. People were getting healed. People were getting delivered from demonic torment. And some people, it was just so awesome to help people. Hey, what's going on here? Literally, they were buried. And we were digging people out last night. And that is what you're going to hear today. You're going to hear a message. Um, Natalie's going to carry the ball most of the way. And then she's going to hand it back to me at the very end. And I'm going to go for the two-point conversion. All right? I thought, you know, we're not going for one point today. We're not kicking it in. We are going for a two-point conversion at the end of this thing. And I believe you're here by design today because some of us in this room are on top. Some of us are somewhat buried. I want to tell you right now, when we sang that song... He's never going to let me down. He's never going to let me down. Some in this room are saying, you know what? I'm singing those words, but I do not believe that. You're going to walk out of here today believing that. You're going to walk out of here today. We are going to put airbags on people. So you have something to pull next time. Right? So here's the verse. What happens to smartphones when you're... Anyway, something happened here. All right. First John 5. Oh, Natalie's here. Awesome. And she's got a pulpit. 1 John 5, for everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. All right, let's just change this verse. I, you know, we're not supposed to change God's words, but let's just apply it here. For everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes COVID. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome COVID, our faith. That airbag is our faith. And all of us have had our faith tested. Some of us had old airbags. Some of us, our airbags were too small. Here it is. Who is the one who is victorious and overcomes the world? It is the one who believes and recognizes the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. Oh, you have a mic. <laughs> um, hi, everyone. Um, I have such good news. Do you guys love good news? We need good news in these days, right? So the title of my message is The Great Innovator or The uh, Father of Innovation. Um, I want to read the definition. So the definition of innovation, novelty, new, rarely or ever done, the creation development or implementation of a new product process or groundbreaking idea all right you guys are about to have those that those that have not entered a season of innovation you are going to leave here with a new mandate for innovation 
Okay, so get ready. I just want to do one thing before we do um, do this. I got this idea from this woman that's a massive, amazing evangelist. You know where she goes? She goes to the Burning Man conferences and the porn conventions to share her faith. So this was an idea I got um, that I thought, wow, if you can do that with those people, let's do it now. So I just want to ask you guys to close your eyes. We're going to have an encounter with the spirit of truth because I want you guys to get this message that when you leave here, every single person, when you leave here today, you will leave different. If you were awake, you're going to be lit. If you were asleep, you're going to be awake. If you were half buried, you're going to be walking. Okay, so today, you're going to say, today, I'm leaving different. Can you say that to me? Today, I'm leaving different. Today is the day of salvation. Wherever that is, wherever you are in it, you will leave different. Okay? So, Lord, just I just pray you close your eyes right now. Pray you close your eyes. Close your eyes. Yeah, Lord. So, I just pray for the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, to land on every single person where they need truth, where we need to be waken up, woken up. Lord, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. All confusion, go. All lies, lift off. All torment, go. In the name of Jesus, I, I just ask Holy Spirit, come with your truth. Holy Spirit, land on each person. Holy Spirit, thank you that there's not two truths. There is one truth. And so I just ask Holy Spirit that you would speak to every person right now. And again, wherever there's confusion, wherever there's fog, wherever there's yet depression, wherever there is anger, that that would lift off right now. Whatever is blocking people from hearing your truth, Holy Spirit, that that would go now in the name of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit come. And like just like that picture that Kent showed, Lord, our, our minds and our spirits would be lit Right now, ready to receive everything you want to say today. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, I'm already excited. (laughs) Are you guys excited? All right. Okay, so I have one thing I want to teach you because we speak Arabic. So I'm going to teach you one thing. Okay, I'm going to say, how are you? And you are going to say, actually, it's like a corporate, we are good. Okay, so your your answer is Zainin. Can you say that? Zainin. Zain and then in. Zainin. Okay, so I'm going to say, how are you in Arabic? And you're going to answer Zainin, right? Shlonkum. Shlonkum. Yes, you just learned Arabic. All right. Okay, so as I said, we're, we've been in a season of innovation, Dave and I, and I know a lot of people in here. Some have not. <laughs> so this is an encouragement for those that have been walking in innovation. And for those that haven't, this is going to be a day of a new season of innovation. Now, as, as missionaries um, in the persecuted area in closed countries, we are like trained in innovation because everything is illegal. Um, you're not allowed to preach. You know, they say you can't do that. Dave and I are like, how are we going to do it? I mean, if you say no, we say yes. They say closed, we say open. You know, just like this. This is how we've been trained for 30 years in the Middle East. And it's not just like a formal training. It's more kind of like a lot of missionaries, we do this in closed countries, you know, because it's closed. <laughs> so guess what? Looks like the American church is going to need some innovation, right? Like when they said you can't meet, everyone's like, oh, we can't? I'm like, wait, 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 guys, there's so many options. There's so many options. So I want to I wanna just say we've been trained in innovation, so I feel like something that we can bring to the American church um, as missionaries um, is innovation and ideas. And I want to give you some ideas that we have found in our own lives, but ideas that past missionaries have, have had, ideas that biblical characters have had as well. Um, so we are always strategizing like, okay, we get together, you know, with our group or whoever it is. And we're like, okay, how are we going to do it now? That got closed. That got shut. What are we going to do? So we sit, we get prophetic ideas. We get dreams about what to do. It is so exciting. So I want to invite you as the American church, for those of you who haven't yet, get ready. You ask God, he will show you. He is a good shepherd and we hear his voice. Okay. Say, I hear his voice. Okay, say, I hear his voice. I hear his voice. 
Right? So guess what? When you ask him for an idea, when there's something impossible, when they say no, when they say closed, when they say stop, you're like, Lord, how do I go? How do I boom through this? How do I say yes? He will speak to you. I promise. He's been doing it with us. Not 30 because we got into the Holy Spirit maybe 22 years ago. So the first seven years, no. But the 21 years now, he's been speaking to us faithfully. When we ask him, he answers. He shows us. Okay, so this is so cool. <laughs> so I'm sure some of you have heard of like Brother Andrew who used to smuggle Bibles into the communist countries for you millennials. You might not remember this, but um, there was an iron curtain. <laughs> the communist countries were closed to the gospel, right? Um, Saudi Arabia closed to the gospel. Now it's opening up. Thank you, Jesus. So we were in Saudi Arabia and there was this van. I'm telling you about innovation. There is this big van and it was like the smuggling bible smuggling van and we and normally they don't show it to people because you know of course if the authorities found it they would confiscate it <clears throat> so we got to go in <laughs> and it was like james bond van like you put a little pin here and out comes a little place for a bible and then underneath there's a secret compartment that looks like whatever for for ice and then there's a ton of bibles i mean it was all over jam-packed i don't know how many bibles and literature they could fit but it was the coolest van okay that was an innovation and man that took a lot of money too to to you know outfit that and 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 make it all bible smugly ready because when you go through the border when you go through the border okay i didn't do go in the iron curtain that was before my time but with saudi arabia <laughs> They're, they're looking in your cars. When we went through the border, man, they are searching everywhere. And you know what? They're looking for Bibles. They are. They're looking. Now that we have you version, I mean, come on, that's so amazing. You can get every language on your phone on you version. This is incredible. So anyway, these people that have this van, um, one of our friends, he was put in prison in Saudi Arabia for having a printing press, because this is before they, they wanted to be able to get more Bibles, right? He had a printing press in his house. They came to his house, the police, and they said, come with us. Didn't say where. We have no rights, by the way, over there. So, yeah, that's another thing. So we don't have rights. We got to have Holy Spirit rights, right? So they took him to, the, 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 they took him to prison. His wife didn't know where he was. She didn't hear from him for 20 days. All for printing the Bible. Can you imagine? Why is this book so threatening? Is that the coolest thing ever? He was let go. Thank you, Jesus. He's thriving. He and his family are great. Um, you guys want to clap for that? That's amazing for Jesus. Yeah, come on. These are just some ideas. This is like the most exciting topic to me. I'm like so excited. I'm so amazed. Okay, so also when we went to Saudi Arabia, so our country, I don't live there, so I can say this. Anyway, our country's near there that we live, but... We also one time went to minister in Saudi Arabia to some different churches. And um, so we, they're like, yeah, we want you to come and encourage our, our people. So we took a group from the country we're living in. And we get there and they're like, okay, so you guys park in all different places in this area. And we can only take you in two by two. Because the authorities will see because it's illegal. It was illegal to meet in church. It was illegal to meet and worship, even in a home illegal in saudi arabia look at all of us here can you imagine like like we said before that you know we're not fearing someone's going to raid us right now come in and shoot or take us all to prison or take me and the pastor to i mean pastor too take dave and i to prison that's who usually goes um so they're like okay you stay you park there to the and then we're going to smuggle you into the apartment to worship and encourage them and then we get into the apartment. It's a, it's a Filipino church. And they have a soundproof room in there. They've done it themselves. They made a whole soundproof room so we could go in the room and worship as loud as we wanted and speak about Jesus. I mean, these are the things that people are doing. But do you know what the cost is to do that? For Filipinos, hanging or imprisonment. And you know, as Americans... We, we have a lot easier, like it might be imprisonment, but they would never hang us at this point. Um, but they put false accusations on the Filipinos and they'll say, you'll see like every Friday there's hangings in Saudi Arabia. Okay. And they will put a false accusation. They'll say drug trafficking. And we're like, we knew that pastor. He was not drug trafficking. 
he had a meeting in his home. Can you imagine? Innovation. Not just innovation, but boldness beyond boldness. That you know what? We're going to meet no matter what. We're going to praise Jesus no matter what. We're going to encourage people no matter what. Even if it costs me my life. What? Even if it costs me my job. Even if it costs me imprisonment. American church, we're waking up, right? Can you imagine? This is just over there in the Middle East. This is what's been happening for a very, very long time. But we've just thought we're in America. We have all this freedom. Well, things are changing. But are we going to bow? No, we're going to be innovative, right? Um. Another thing we do, I'm telling you all these kind of like CIA missionary things, right? We have code words for things. We have encrypted emails. Hey, our, our phones are tapped all the time. Our emails were read if we use Gmail. So we have encrypted email. We have code words we have to use on WhatsApp. We have to use now Telegram and Signal and tele, all this crazy stuff. Like because they read our emails, because they tap our phones. So they do that, and I know everyone's freaked out here because supposedly, you know, whatever the government's going to do, hey, find a way. Find a way to communicate. They try to communicate one way, you just use code words, right? Come on, this is missionary training right now for the American church, right? One time, I was uh, discipling a woman in, a, in one of these close countries that we lived in, and her family, when they found it, her dad did beat her when they found out that she was a believer. So we couldn't meet one-on-one. -on -one. She couldn't come to my house. I'm trying to figure out, how do I disciple her? Can't talk on the phone because it's tapped. Can't do it. So we had an idea. I'm just talking about innovation, right? So Dave worked at this university, and he said, okay, she's at the university. And so you come in. I'll leave the classroom. You come in the classroom. You meet with her. Meet with her for an hour. And then her driver, because they all have drivers, her driver will come and pick her up. So I would do that once a week. And then it wasn't weird. Like if I met her somewhere out, she wasn't allowed. She wasn't allowed to meet out. She wasn't allowed to go shopping unless she had a male, a male escort, one of her family members. And so, I mean, we would have God would just, boom, come. We'd have encounters with God. We'd be reading the Bible. It was incredible. And then the hour was up. She gets her whole thing back on, goes out, and gets with her driver. I mean... Is that amazing innovation that God gave us, right? Incredible. We also, is this so fun, guys, all these ideas? Come on, right? Are you guys happy? Okay, shalom come. Boom, shalom come. All right, it means you're good. If you didn't know, you're, you're good, okay? Okay, so also another innovative idea was, so we love to do, treasure hunts in malls, which means we go into shops, we get words of knowledge, God speaks to us about different people, and we pray for them, and they get healed, okay? Yeah, in the Middle East, guys, okay? So what we don't do, though, is you wouldn't be able to tell that I'm doing it, because I don't close my eyes, we don't circle around, um, we don't speak in tongues, you know, we don't um, lay hands on them, no way, we would not do that. Um, and so these are ideas that we got because we were in, we were in another country. Almost said the name. We were in another country, and when we oh sorry when we went to this country, um, we started off laying hands, da, 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 and then all of a sudden it was written in the newspaper. Can you imagine? Like we're like like 15 people. There are people that are laying hands on people in the malls. Beware of them. And we're like, oh my! Like how are we going to do this ministry? Without, cause that's who we are. We're like DNA treasure hunters. Like this is who we are, right? And um, by we're able to sow the sow the seed widely. So then we're like, okay, we're gonna have to do it. Like not laying hands and not closing our eyes, because I think we were doing that in that other country, which is crazy. Um, no wonder we got kicked out. Whoops. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, then we learned how to do it. In the beginning, I was like. I want to lay my hands on that person so badly. You know, and you're like, do this with a Superman eyes, like, Ugh. you know, like you're doing that. Like, yeah. Anyway, um, so we do that. Dave was saying it was something funny when he were, when they were skiing and they couldn't reach the people, they'd put their poles out and they'd get, hey, excuse me, do you have a knee problem? And they're like, yeah, they're like, okay, I'm just going to put a pole in your knee and you're going to be healed right now. He just told me that one. I forgot about that one. See, innovation, right? 
Okay, I want to tell you guys, where does the great innovator live? In me. Okay, I'm going to ask you guys, say in me. Where does the great innovator live? In me. Whoa. Come on, guys. Is this incredible or what? All right. Shalom, come. Boom. All right. Okay, so I'm going to give you what has happened to us in the greatest season of our lives as far as innovation. Okay, so I woke up on December 31st, 2019. Can you imagine there was life before COVID? This was before COVID. Okay, can you remember back then? (laughs) All right, BC, exactly. All right. (laughs) So I heard, I woke up in the morning, we were having a, a worship, we love to worship on New Year's Eve. We love to get a a word from the Lord and just start the the new year fresh. So we were here and I woke up in the morning and I heard, and this is another word. This is not the first time the word was given, just to give you that thing. I heard no disease known to man will be able to stand in the presence of this company of people. And I was like, now I'd heard this thing that God spoke to Mike Bickle and Bob Jones, very cool word. If you haven't heard the, the prophetic history from IHOP, insane. If you, need, if you need motivation or you need encouragement, listen to the prophetic history. And I have it from 83. I have it from 1983, so it's super raw, and Bob Jones is talking. I mean, it's incredible. So anyway, this is that word, but I was like, wait, when did I listen to that last? Because you know how you're always like, did I really hear that? Or is it because it was familiar? No, I hadn't listened to it in a year. Okay, so I heard that word and I was like, huh, I wonder, I guess, I mean, that's cool because I really want to hear, I really want to heal all diseases, which is what I want to do. You know, I'm sure some of you are there too. But then when COVID was announced, I was like, oh, I think this is that word for this. So no disease known to man will be able to stand in the presence of this company of people. So I knew that we were going to view COVID very differently and we were going to go after it and not retreat, right? That I was like, oh, God has a plan because I don't hear the audible voice of God very often. It's not like my daily thing. I would love it if you did, but I'm not hearing like literally boom message from God. So we knew to never stop meeting in person. It was just something we knew. We knew we had to gather. Okay, we're back in the country we're living in now, not here. Um, and so we just began to ask God, how do we do this? Because the penalty for having, I think more than whoever was living in the house was going to be imprisonment for four months or $30,000. We didn't want to do that. You know, we're like, okay, that's pretty steep. And somehow, sometimes you can't gauge, are they really going to implement it? As I said, we're innovators, right? So we're always trying to figure out, Lord, what do you say? I'm not going to just obey the government because they say it. I'm going to say, Lord, what are you saying? What are you saying in this, right? So we started this thing because it was the very beginning. We called it Church on Wheels. God gave us, he gave us all these cool phrases, Church on Wheels. So we had everybody come and we put, because at that point in, in this country we live in, we could not put more than three in a car, go figure. And anyway, so we got in the cars, we had everybody come and we put three in every car. And we're like, and this is when everybody was, stay home, stay safe, stay home, stay safe. Ugh, I hate that thing. So we're like, go out and get people's fear out. Go out and heal the sick. Go out and give people hope. Go out and take away their fear. That's what we heard. That's what Dave and I heard. They said, stay home, stay home. We said, where are we going? <laughs> oh, man, it's so great. Shalom, come. Okay, just making sure you're awake. Okay, so... We did church on wheels, but you know, we got in the cars and we were praying and worshiping together. And then it was so fun. So we gave people assignments. Okay. You're going to go get water at one takeout, takeaway place. You say takeaway here, right? Oh shoot. I always get it wrong. So we have a different phrasing takeout. So, you know, cause all the restaurants were closed, but we're like, we're going in. <laughs> So we would, we, you know, everybody would, with our assignment was to go get something to eat, go get a drink, go get a coffee. So it's natural, you know, you're natural and you're blessing the businesses as well. So we were able to 
just 10, oh, we don't have a big group, but like 25, 20 people all around the city for two hours, praying for people, releasing hope, taking away their fear, giving them courage, giving them love. We go and we say this, like we, if they were Christians, we'd start preaching real quick. Like, like it would be like, we're bringing church to you. You know, we're bringing church to you. And then you know what it kept us? Fearless. It kept the fear from getting in because we were constantly going out. <laughs> it was so awesome. You know, it was so awesome, right? Because it wouldn't let the fear couldn't stay. Because how many people were we touching? How many people were we around? We must have the most amazing immune systems. You can't even imagine. Um, we've been on many airplanes overseas. Never got COVID. Yeah, so I know. And anyway, who cares, right? It's like a flu, right? Now I realize some, some has been, some have been affected by it, but majority it's a flu. Okay. We're done with that one. All right. So then we went from church on wheels to meeting in homes, but we'd split up because like normally we have 20, right? So we're like, okay, we just need a few homes and we'll all split up and do that because we wanted to be constantly meeting, encouraging each other. Again, this is all God ideas. You know, we're like, okay, Lord, this is what they're saying. What do you say? What are you saying? What is a creative way to meet? What's a creative way to encourage each other, right? Another thing Dave and his guys did was they would, they would meet at like 6 a.m., is that right, to walk? All the guys would get together and just walk and pray because for a while you weren't allowed to stop, right? Don't stop. Just keep walking. So they did. They just kept walking and praying and declaring. I mean, how cool is that? I'm telling you, innovation. There's, yes, I'm happy for Zoom, but you know what? Zoom has not sustained people. We would come to people and we'd say, how are you doing? They're like, oh, my church is on Zoom. And then they just start crying. And I'm like, listen, right now we're here to take away your fear. Also, Dave got a, f- a cool phrase from the Lord. Fear, we were fear extinguishers. Right? So we're like, we're here to extinguish your fear. You are? Yes, right now your fear's going to go and you're going to be filled with God's love. Okay, that's called innovation. Where does the great innovator live? In me. I didn't really hear that, like, very loudly. Where does the great innovator live? Okay. When do I need to stop, Dave, to let you up? Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So when we were here, then we came back here for a little while during COVID. (laughs) And um, we, we decided we need to start a group. And so, actually, Eric Hansen back there got the name Home Harvesters because we were believing that we were going to go out and bring the lost in and bring them into homes. And, and so we need to keep each other encouraged. And we had a group of people, and they're here tonight, here today. Anyway, it was so amazing just to keep each other encouraged and to continue to pray. And, and you know what? I know many of you had innovative ideas. You know, Betsy and Eric Hansen started something on their lawn in Ladera. And then they went to the beach and, and fed people and preached the gospel. They didn't miss a beat during COVID. And I know many of you have done the same. You started something in your home or your, you know, all these different, um, oh, Yes, yeah, so many oh, parking lots and people met in tents. Like, so cool. I met this one woman. We were doing treasure hunts on Del Mar Street. I love Del Mar Street in San Clemente. There's something about that place. So awesome. We went into this chocolate shop and we were talking to her and she's a Christian. She's like, I was shut for one day. One day she was shut because she said, I thought I was either going to kill my husband in the house or, and, but she's like, I had to be here. So she's like, you cannot imagine how many people, and she ended up being a Christian, that they wanted to commit suicide, but they just came into my shop just to talk. She, she, she got them off the wall. She was able to help them from committing suicide. She got people healed of depression. She was preaching the gospel. I want a chocolate shop. I don't even eat sugar, but I'm like, can I have a chocolate shop? Wouldn't that be so cool? You get to give people like the tastiest thing ever and life and Jesus. I mean, I'm telling you, I just makes me want to cry. How many people were innovative during that time? Like I'm not going to shut actually, because people need this. People needed to be encouraged. People needed to talk. They just needed to talk with someone like in front of them. Yeah, there's zoom again. Thank you God for zoom. But if we can be together, we need to be anyway. I love the chocolate shop woman. If you guys go in Del Mar, go visit her. She is incredible. 
I think I love that street too because so many of the shops, the owners are there. The owners are there. So you can go in and bless the shop, buy something, um, pray for them. And, and many are Christians too. It's absolutely incredible. Okay, so where does the great innovator live? In me. Some of you didn't move your mouths just then. Okay. You ready? Where does the great innovator live? In me. Isn't that great news? <laughs> so awesome. Okay, uh, some past heroes. I'm just going to name two. Like literally, we could talk all day about how amazing God is and how amazing his innovation innovations are. William Wilberforce. Have you guys watched Amazing Grace? Can, you, can I see a show of hands? How many people have seen the movie Amazing Grace? Oh, please go home and watch it. It's about William Wilberforce and how he ended slavery in the UK. Come on. And you know what? It was such a, and I can't wait to read the book. I've only seen the movie like two times in the last week because I'm obsessed with it. Um, Of this man of God who spent 20 years of his life and giving everything, his health and everything to free, to free slaves in the UK, to, to abolish slavery. Now at that time, slavery like it, it was tied into the society, like it was everything, you know. So when he when he decided, I'm going to do this, I'm going to try to pass a bill, right, uh, to abolish slavery. I remember the prime minister said to him, you are going, you one person are going against 300 MPs, members of parliament. He said, but you can do it. Can you imagine? And so God gave an amazing idea of how to do it. You'll have to see the movie. Or read the book. Um, but incredible Jehovah sneaky idea. And slavery was abolished. Yes. Another one. Okay, I'm telling you. You're, I mean, there's so many people to talk about. Corey Tenboom. Come on. Right? Hid Jews in her house. I was reading something about her. And she had a watch shop. Right? So she had a cover. But Jews could come in and then like um, in her room, there was a closet and then they put like a, a fake door, whatever you call that. And she could hide like six Jews in there at a time. Do you know, I, re- I read this, I want to read her, all of her stuff, but do you know that when they came to get her family, they weren't Jews, Corey was not a Jew and her family, they came to get her first in prison. Those six Jews that were hiding, they never got caught. See, because she wasn't, hi- she wasn't able to hide when the Nazis came and got her and her family. But the Jews stayed hidden. This is a Jehovah idea, an innovative idea from Jesus. And again, she risked her life to save Jews. Isn't that amazing? So it's not just the Bible people that had great ideas, right? It's people now. People now in the Middle East, people now, I can't, I can't wait to hear the stories in Afghanistan of what God did, just like the church in China, how many things that they did, like, you know, even I've heard of this in other countries, people meeting in the middle of the night. They're so desperate to meet. I met a woman, um, she grew up in the Soviet Union during the communist time. She's actually in our group in Kuwait. Okay. <laughs> anyway, she's in our group and um, she said they used to take her at midnight they'd wake up and then go to church so that the police couldn't see that they were going to church you know what the penalty is if you went to church prison imprisonment these are amazing people they're my heroes and so we want to be those kind of people that don't just sit back but that go for it god the great innovator the father of invent the father of innovation lives in you And he wants to show you, what's my lane? Lord, what do you have for me? You know, these restrictions and threats and all this. What do you have for me? Even, going to go here for a second, with the vaccine. If you don't want to take it, you don't have to. Ask God. There will be a way. Okay? There will be a way. If you don't want it. Okay, I'm not going to go the other side. If you don't want it. Don't succumb to it. You say, Lord, you show me a way not to get it. You show me a way. He might say, you, you're going to lose your job if you do this, but I'm going to provide another job. Right? So 
Again, what God calls us to do, he will give you the grace. He will give you the provision. He will give you everything you need because he's such a good father, right? Okay, innovation. Okay, guys, come on. Okay, David in 1 Samuel 17, talk about innovation. Meanwhile, all the Israelites, all the armies, whatever, the trained people amongst the Israelites, they don't know how to kill this Goliath guy. They don't know. Okay, I'm thinking, how did David just know? They, I mean, I'm sure many of them were shepherds, but obviously God gave him the idea, the slingshot thing. He'd already done that. He'd probably already done that with other animals, right? But why did none of the trained armies, in, is the trained um, soldiers in the, 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 amongst the Israelites, why did they not know how to do that? Seriously? A little 14-year-old boy, you know, who's never been in training, just like, I got this. Don't worry. Boom, boom, head off. You know, use Goliath's swords, cut off his head. Everybody made fun of him. Guys, too. People making fun of us lately, right? Lots of people not liking what I'm saying. Or Dave. So, but you know what? Guess what? I don't care. I don't care. Because I'm staying in my lane, okay? Can you imagine? David, David didn't care. He was the youngest. His brother made fun of him. Even Saul said, you can't do this. You don't have any training. He's like, I will kill this guy in my, in my language. I'm going to kill him, okay? And he's not allowed to defy the living God, right? Boom, boom, down, takes his sword, cuts off his head. Done. Oh, my goodness, guys. What ideas does he have for us? Can you imagine all of us are getting innovative ideas? And it might be like we, when we come back home, we always start a community because we love to get together and, and, and pray and get innovative ideas. You know, like, what are you hearing? And what are you hearing? So I'm not saying be lone rangers. Get into communities and brainstorm together and get prophetic ideas and figure this out. How do we thrive? How do we bring the kingdom? Even though that whatever people are saying, we're going to go for it. We're going to bring the kingdom. We'll never stop bringing his kingdom. We'll never stay home. I'm never staying home. No, I will dig. I will dig a tunnel down underneath. (laughs) To find you in your home to, 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 um, to have fellowship together. Okay, we have so many. Okay, Jesus, pretty much a great innovator, right, when he was on earth. You say no food, I say here it is, right? <laughs> Matthew 14. I, got, I just got this, you know, five loaves and two, three, two fish, whatever it is. Oh, no problem. Okay, thank you, Father. Maybe right then he's like, I'm going to multiply. You know, the Father's telling him, I'm going to multiply right now. Don't worry. That is called innovation, right? That God might call you to do that. I know it happens in Heidi Baker's ministry. God doesn't love Heidi Baker more than us, right? You don't have enough food because for a while we're like, you know, you hear different things like you need to stock up water. You need to get food. And I'm like, okay, Lord, if you tell us to do that, I'll totally do it. But I don't want to kind of go psycho on this, you know? And so I'm like, wait a minute. We could multiply the food. Jesus did it. He said we could do that and greater. So I can, and we can multiply water. You know, there was a, there was water in a rock. Moses got water, fed the, and the Israelites were able to drink. We don't need to fear. Maybe we'll be fasting more. Okay. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? God, pardon? Oh yes, that was so funny, guys. We weren't here during the Holy Spirit. I mean, the Holy Spirit. We weren't here during the toilet paper thing, but that didn't happen in Kuwait. I'm like, what is wrong with Americans and toilet paper? Okay, okay. COVID has nothing to do with diarrhea. I don't know if you guys know that. (laughs) Seriously, right? So you go, when you hear, when you see in Costco, my mom was telling me, literally, someone, like people running to the toilet paper. And then people literally had stacks of it coming out of their carts, right, mom? I'm like, she even took a picture. Nat, look what's happening here. I'm like, wait, am I missing this? Is this a diarrhea flu? I don't know, you know? We didn't have that in Kuwait. So obviously someone said said something, there's a shortage of toilet paper. Last helicopter out of Vietnam, go get the toilet paper. So you know what we could do at that point? Hey, Jesus, do I need to go get all the toilet paper in Costco for me and my family? He's like, no. 
by the way, you can use Kleenex. You can use um, paper towels. Oh, you can use your hand and water. Yes, some people do that in the world. Anyway. Okay, listen to this one. So Moses' parents. Listen to this. Okay, first of all, the Hebrew midwives. I was like, this is awesome. The Hebrew midwives disobeyed the king's law. Do you know what the king said to, him, to the midwives? When, a, when you're delivering a, a Jewish boy, an Israel, uh, Israelite boy, kill them. If it's a boy, kill them. If it's a girl, let them go. That was the law. You know what they did? They didn't do it. They said, oh, you guys know the story, right? But I was like, hitting me in a new way today. I was like, they said, because the king came and said, why aren't you killing the baby boys? Their baby boys are everywhere. They're like, oh, um, the Israelite women, they have their babies super fast, and we can't get there in time to deliver them. Who lives in you? I I did the opposite, didn't I? (laughs) The great innovator lives in? Shalom, come. Okay. Okay, another thing was, then when they wouldn't do that, then the king of Egypt said to all his people, when you see a baby boy being born, kill them. Because the, the midwives wouldn't do it. The, Israel, the Hebrew midwives feared God, so they wouldn't do it. He ordered all people to kill baby boys when they're born. Can you imagine? Unbelievable. And then what did Moses' parents do? Innovation, right? They put him in a basket. Who found him? Pharaoh's daughter. Come on. Is that innovation or what? Guys, there, if you just want to go through the whole Bible, I mean, I'm telling you, there's like so many stories I'm shocked and heroes of the faith that they've been doing this. We just need to dust it off and go these, by the way, the Bible's real. The Bible, every word in it is real. Every story is true. It's not a myth. Okay. So when you read it, just like, if that can happen, then it can happen now. That's the kind of perspective you have to have. You know, that the kingdom of God is taken by force. We don't like lay back and say, whatever you say, okay, it's the law, but whatever you say, I'll do that. No, we say, Lord, what do you say? What do you say, Lord? I'm going to dust off my Bible and look at it and say, there, there, there. I want that. I want that, Lord. I'm not seeing that in my life. I want that. And you will get it. I'm almost finished. Who, wait, where does the great innovator live? Good job. All right. Also, prayer. When we pray, it releases God's innovative plans. Okay? This is so cool. So when you see Peter was in prison, and the the guys, the disciples, and everybody were praying, right, for his release. So they're praying that, and then God just the coolest thing. I mean, the angel. He sends an angel. The angel goes, okay, but meanwhile, Peter is chained two guards on either side then the the thing the gate the gate is locked or the door's locked then there's like four squadron four squads of soldiers outside so what does the angel do this is when we pray god moves he does this innovative plan right he goes nudges peter no one heard obviously he also deafens people's ears when they don't need to hear and blinds people's eyes when they should not see right uh, Brother Andrew, I remember reading stories about Brother Andrew smuggling the Bibles in through whatever um, Soviet country or something, closed country, and he would literally go through. He'd have all these Bibles. Somehow they were in the open, and he's like, Lord, blind their eyes. They're like, go on through. The Bibles were, were out in the open, or they opened up the trunk and they found them. They didn't see them. He can do that. He can do that. So he does that. He's like, nudges him. Okay, um. Can you imagine? Put your shoes on. Like literally it says this. Put your shoes on. Get your coat. Let's go. You know? Boom. The chains open. He just walks out. Meanwhile, the angel, the guards are sleeping. The gate, the, the door of the, the prison cell opens. 
this four squads are there. I'm telling you, he must have deafened their ears because how'd this happen? Meanwhile, Peter's like, didn't wake up till he was on the street. So he's like, I mean, he could have been like that, like, you know, I don't know, like whatever. The angel is probably like, okay, let's not, let's not ruin the plan. Okay, Peter. So, um, you know, he's walking and then he wakes up. He's already out of the, I mean, can you imagine all that God did? That was called an innovative plan. But you know where that came from? His followers. I mean, his, his people praying for him. So when we pray for Afghanistan, you pray and you say, Lord, give me innovative ideas to pray. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. If he did it then, and we've heard many other stories in China and all over the world of God doing crazy angel stories and awesome things, right? He can do it again. He will do it again. Okay. Where does the great innovator live? In me. Okay, this side of the room's a little quiet. Okay, are you guys ready? Where does the great innovator live? Great one. All right. I'm going to land the plane. You're going to come up. Okay. We don't see God's innovation unless there are impossible situations. So if you're in an impossible situation, like a lot of times we get upset, like, oh, no, now what are we going to do? Oh, (laughs) God does his best work when there's impossible situations. So just count it a privilege right now that we're able to see God work in ways that we've never seen him work. Like in our lives in last year, even though we've been overseas for 30 years, we have never seen him do the things he's doing because it's so being so squeezed, right? But in the midst of the squeezing, we rely on him and we're desperate for him and we're asking him for ideas and he's giving to them, giving us to them in really cute phrases, church on wheels, fear extinguishing, vision quest, home harvesters. It's like he's so fun, right? And so God's innovation works best in impossible situations. So don't despise the persecution. Don't despise the hard times. Say, Lord, I'm hearing this. This is the news here. What do you say? What's your plan? What's your idea? All right. So if you could cue up um, that uh, video number two and take the sound off of it. I just want to speak why this video plays. It's just about a minute long. Video number two. All right, so basically um, what we're looking at here, um, you can see I'm into mountains and, you know, my theme here is, so um, notice that these guys have this instrument, it's called an ascender and it keeps you on the rope, all right? If you do not have an ascender when you are climbing, you will die, all right? It is what keeps you connected. They're connected to the rope, and um, they actually have other connections to the rope. But this tool, um, and this guy actually, we went and climbed with his um, organization uh, up Mount Rainier. Uh, We didn't need these things when we did that. But um, I just want you to see this picture. Um, It's a great little um, advertisement. Because here's the other picture that I feel like God wants us to see. Okay, so we've been through an avalanche. And you know what? This, this, um, this life that we're living, it's like we're on a climb. And, um, a lot of people got disconnected from the rope. All right? And now I want to show you the video that got me to show you this, but this is the last video. And then we're going to transition here in a, I have a few more thoughts. We're going to transition into a bit of a ministry time. Um, and so if you could put on video number three. Now, um, yeah. Anyway, is that the beginning of the video? Yeah. I think that's the end, huh? All right. These guys are climbing K2 and they're on the rope. All right. You see that? You see that guy? All right. All right. Back up the video again. Let's let's watch it again from the beginning. These guys are climbing and they notice this. When I saw this, this was shocking. That was actually a climber who got disconnected from the line. They found his body 
at the bottom of K2. I mean, can you imagine you're climbing the line, you're just going up, and um, all of a sudden you look out into onto the, the glacial ice and you just see, they didn't know what it was. It was going, that was actually, I think they slowed down the video. It was so fast, they didn't even know what went by them. And And this was the other picture, is that People that did not pull their airbags, people that did not keep gathering dynamically with other believers. This happened to many people in this last year. And I have a verse that um, I wanted to read that has been very interesting and meaningful to me, and it's out of Jude. Um, Now to the one who is able to keep you from falling. You're never going to think of that verse in the same way again after seeing that little video clip. Who is the one who is able to keep us from falling? Who is the one who is faithful? Okay, you know, we, we, we have these words that we use. Oh, God is faithful. God is faithful. What does that mean? God is full of faith. We want to be faithful. Jesus is coming back and he has that question. Will I find faith on the earth? When I return, will I find that my people have pulled their airbags? Will I find faith? Was there any air in the airbag? Because you can pull the airbag, but then it's got to be filled with the CO2 cartridge. There has to be a cartridge in there to fill it with air so that you end up on top of the avalanche. We serve a God who is the one who is able to keep us from falling. He is able. You know, it's that other verse. 2 Timothy 2.13 If we are faithless, He is faithful. Or He remains faithful. This is like a no-brainer, guys. We don't have to climb K2. That was K2 where that guy died. We don't have to climb K2 by ourselves. We don't have to somehow try to survive an avalanche and dig ourselves out. We have the one that my wife kept referring to. He lives inside of us. We have access to the airbag of our faith. When we are faithless, he is faithful. Some of us have said, you know, I haven't done that well in COVID. I haven't done that well with the trials and the tribulations. I haven't done that well with this health thing that I'm struggling with or my economic situation. And you know what? Even if we are faithless, He is faithful. And the only way that we're going to not end up like that guy that's, that's falling to his death. And by the way, when he was rolling by, it's not like he at that point was going, Oh, oh, how can I stop? No, by that time he was dead. He'd been dead for a long time. He'd been falling for 1,500 feet above that. By that time, I mean, whatever, he would have been dead. By the time they saw that body going by, he was done. But I feel like we're in this hour in the church where God wants us to stay connected. He wants us on the line with our brothers and sisters in the faith. He wants us in the kind of community and the kind of fellowship where we can take ground where we can ascend so many of god's people have done so poorly in this hour i seriously if i I, looking across the american church this this is you know being positive about about this this family here this this is not the grade you would have got but if if god was given out grades he gave out a lot of d's and a lot of f's during COVID. he did people did not do well Much of the church was caught unprepared. They were disconnected. They were living in a country club mentality when we began to be in a firefight. Right? That's another image that, that, you know, we are in a firefight. You do not, like, pop your head up in a firefight and take your helmet off. Hey, do I know anybody? No! When you're in a firefight in, in, in Afghanistan or in Iraq and you're in, you know, you're in a conflict zone, you do not pop your head out and say, gosh, I just can't wait till I can get back to my normal vacation schedule. Guys, we're in a battle. We're going to vacation forever and ever and ever and ever. And right now, 
A lot of the church is just, I just want to, I just want my freedom back. I just want to be able to go to a restaurant where I can just, what? what? Guys, we're in a battle. Jesus came to the planet. He said in this world you'll have tribulation. And I feel like there's been a wake-up call. You know, there's been a wake-up call. And half the church, some people woke up and they got a little bit alert. But they're like, I just want to go back to sleep. Not the time. Not the time to not be alert. We don't know where things are going to go. But I'll tell you right now, it's not the time to be asleep. It's not the time to be backsliding. It's the time to say, I want my faith to grow. I want to be connected. I want to be an innovator. I want to be fearless. Who knows? There's the delta and there's the lambda and there's a lot of letters in the alphabet. Read the book of Revelation. This is nothing compared to what you read about in that. We got in trouble with a, with a virus that 99.8% of the people that get it survive. What are we going to do when a third of the planet gets wiped out in the book of Revelation? What, what happens there? Well, you know, it's like, well, I won't be around. I'm a pre-trib rapture guy. What if it's not a pre-trib rapture? Would you learn how to run the race with endurance? I hope, I hope and pray the pre-trib guys are right. But if they're not, we better be prepared to stand. We better be prepared to endure. Jesus did not come and get a pre-trib rapture rope out of the cross. He endured it. He went through it. Yes, there was a resurrection on the other side. But the American church, the Western church, has propagated doctrines that have not prepared his people to stand. You see, I don't need a lot of time. I don't need, you know, more is less. Because I can preach long, long, long. My average sermon length when I preach in my church in is an hour and a half. Like, Dave, can we just break it up a little bit? I don't stay at this energy level. But, you know, with my wife opening up, you know, she was the blocker that opened up the hole. And I can get the two-yard conversion here. So here's what we're going to do. I think I'm done. Do I have anything else I wanted to say? Hmm. One more thing. Natalie said that he's the great innovator. Well, there's actually a verse about our access to that information. Paul said, you have the mind of Christ. Okay, another verse that none of us hardly believed. Honestly, I mean, I'm going through my Bible now. I didn't believe that. Yeah, I preached on that, but I obviously didn't believe that. I didn't believe Psalm 91 because, you know, I didn't believe that people would get healed. I, you know, I mean, honestly, just go through the Bible. I think we're in this whole school of how much of this word do you really believe? How much of the promises do we really believe? How much do we really believe? And so, I don't know. Do we really believe that? What does that even mean? That we have the mind of Christ. I think it must mean that we have access to information that we need. We have access to innovation that we need. So I want to tell you that when we come to a ministry time here, and we're just going to do that, just come forward for a few things. I know that there's a lot of things that you could come forward for, but there's a couple of things that I want to say. I want to pray, we want to pray, the ministry team wants to pray that you will come forward and that God will actually activate within you the ability to innovate and to find a way. And that means that you're going to have to learn how to hear His voice. We have been way, way too dependent on our prophets and our, our gifted people that have the anointing. They have abandoned, many of them have abandoned us in this hour. We need to be the sheep that can hear his voice. My sheep will hear my voice. Yes, I love these guys. I love the Chris Reeds. I love these great prophets. We could name a whole bunch. But where are they? 
We're here and we have to hear his voice. So I want to invite people. One thing, when you come forward for prayer, you come forward to say, God, I need to be able to hear your voice better. I need to be able to discern. I don't know what that means that I have the mind of Christ, but I believe that it's going to be activated. It's going to be released. And you're going to walk out of here and you're going to have an ability to access the mind of God, the mind of Christ, the access, the the very thoughts of heaven for whatever you need. That's one thing. And the second thing is that we have to keep walking in fearlessness. We have to grow. And, okay, listen, the whole word fearlessness, forget it. We're all in the process of growing towards less fear. Let's just be a process oriented. Because I want to tell you right now, just when I think I've gotten overcome a certain level of fear, then I start thinking about, oh, yeah, I just start watching what happened in the South Pacific in, in, I think it's Tahiti, Chopu, where they had one of the biggest swells of all time and watching these guys wipe out. And, you know, just the last week. And I'm looking at that going, okay, that, that's a whole different level of fear, right? We all are being tested to see what is it in our lives. And I want to tell you, God wants us to grow in faith, and faith is what is going to be the thing that helps us overcome our fears, our anxieties. Call it what you want. If you want to use the small words like, well, I'm nervous or I'm anxious or I'm concerned, let's just call it what it is. It's fear with smaller and smaller letters of F. Okay? We're not calling it fear. Well, you know, I've got concerns about what you're saying. Okay, great. Get up here. We need to break that off of you, right? So I feel like those are two things. That, that, that access to the information of God and, 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 and his mind and the innovation and, and all of that. But secondly, I just have this continual. I believe that if you get in the presence, if people come forward, they come into this space, fear is going to break off of you. Fear is going to break off of you and you're going to walk out of here and you are going to see that. No, it's different. There's something. I do not have the same thing. I believe there's going to be the grace. That is going to come to you in this time. And I don't know if there's other things we want to do, but those are two things I think we've covered the, the points. I know we've kept you long, and I normally would ask forgiveness, but I think we needed to hear this. I think we did. I need to hear it. I need to hear it. I don't think that it's going to get easier. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. So guess what? There's another verse we didn't believe in America. You know, well, I thought it was all blessing and glory. Yeah, I get it. I love the, I, I, I follow all those guys too. But they just picked and choose out of their Bible and they left out in this world you will also have tribulation. Yes, he's favor. Yes, he'll make a way. Yes, he will provide in the midst of tribulation. All right. So I'm going to shut up. Anyway. Oh, okay. Natalie's good. Yeah. The mind of Christ, innovation and, 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 and the fearless fear. Is there anything else? So that awake, awake, oh sleeper, arise, shine, for your light has come. So, you know, if you feel like you've been asleep and you haven't been able to think of those innovative ideas or hear from the Lord, like come up and we want to pray. And not, not just Dave, it's not the Dave and Natalie show. It's uh, the body of Christ. So if, you've, if you're on the ministry team, I know there's obviously, you know, rules, um, and you've been awake and you've had innovative ideas and you're excited, come up and pray for people. Um, but yes, it's a time to get awakened and hear his voice. So I don't know what you want to do. Yeah. So come up. Why don't you project that, uh, tree again? And I want you to walk into the tree of life, uh, because this is, we are not called to a spirit of death. We're called to, to the tree of life. So whatever response you have, come on up and receive from him, from the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of life. We say, yes, Lord, thank you for this word today. Thank you for this exhortation. We just step into it. We step into our sphere of revelation. You're breaking fear off. You're, you're releasing your mind and your, and your wisdom and your light and your understanding now.